Hello everyone, welcome to episode 183 of Manage the Wild. I'm Nick Madsen. Yesterday I went along with a biologist and we were um, looking for some deer and elk and we ended up going and getting a collar from a dead elk and we found out that it had been killed by a cougar. While I was with the biologist, uh, he had grabbed his full kit, prepared to do a full field necropsy. And what a necropsy is, it's basically a, or is an autopsy of a dead animal, and they use the term necropsy for wildlife. And we did, we were prepared to do what's called a field necropsy. Now, I've been with biologists before and done them, and I've also done them myself. Um, depending on what area we're in and the different things that are going on, uh, we like to determine the death of certain things. Now deer and elk and wildlife are always getting hit on the roads and so that's not necessarily a cause for concern. The one reason they were prepared to do a necropsy on this animal is because it had been collared, we knew how old it was, and we were following along in a study and so we were trying to determine the cause of death. Obviously when we found halfway buried uh, and we found the claw marks to the face, the throat was ripped out Obviously, we were able to determine that a necropsy wasn't needed because we determined the cause of death. Um, we did perform a little bit of a necropsy by taking the femur of the back left leg and then cracking it open just to verify that it was in healthy condition. If the bone marrow is white, then that's considered a, a very healthy or a healthy animal. If it's uh, red and gelatinous, that means there is some cause for concerns. So I've done a couple of necropsies uh, in my time, and when I was doing these necropsies, one of the areas uh, we had some fallow deer, which were uh, like farm deer. They were fallow deer, and there was an outbreak of tuberculosis, and so they wanted to test animals that had died in the area to see if that outbreak had spread into wildlife. Uh, another one, there was a, a, a false positive on a CWD case in the area that it was at. We didn't have any CWD, so we had to go in and test that. And then there was some other situations with deer that just looked funny, whether there had tumors on its body or we had one that um, was constantly circling in circles. Now ultimately we determined that it had been hit by a car and it had suffered damage to its head. But there are viruses and worms and different things that can get into the brain of deer and cause some of these and so there there was some concern there. Now there are a few ways that you can go about uh, doing an necropsy. Oftentimes if uh, there was a question or concern I would call the vet and the vet would walk me exactly through. But the reason why we use necropsies is to determine uh, if there is a disease risk to the population. We need to know why this animal died. Is there something popping up and is there something we can start looking for in the future? You know it's going to let us know in the future whether our population is going to crash or is some new disease spreading, uh, some deer disease coming from Oregon spreading down into Utah? Has somebody taken a whitetail out of Texas, threw the head out, and now all of a sudden we got CWD in an area where we don't? A lot of wildlife disease epidemics 
happen. And it's a, it's a super important to be aware of where we're going so we're not caught in the middle. Let's say we set our plan objectives and we know what our harvest needs to be. So we set out, we put out all these tags and all of a sudden we start getting disease spreading through the population like we see in bighorn sheep. If we're not doing necropsies and all these tests that they're asking us for, then we're going to be behind the curve and we could over harvest and wipe out an entire population. There's a lot of different tissue samples that are going into it. A lot of the times the tissue samples that I would take would be based upon the, the things that are the, the bio or the veterinarian was most concerned about when she was running her uh, different tests and she was coming across different diseases, parasites, viruses. There were things that she was concerned about, so we would take whatever tissue samples. We had a, an elk that had died, uh, and the way it acted right before the witness, the wit a person was watching it, they witnessed its death. It wasn't shot, it was standing out in a field, and it just kind of tipped over, and it just kind of acted funny. So I went in and had to perform a necropsy on that. Another one, we had a CWD... Uh, that was in an elk facility, not too, where wildlife generally hung out. And we had an elk that was standing in a field near this facility that tested positive for CWD. So when I called the vet on the phone, asked her what she wanted me to do, she said, please don't shoot it in the head, shoot it in the lungs, because even if you shoot it in the lungs, we can still get tissue samples. And so I had to use, I used, actually I could walk right up to it. I used buckshot. And instead of shooting it in the head, I was able to shoot it in the lungs and the heart. She could still get her samples. The problem is, if you shoot it in the brain, that bullet hits. It just turns it into mush, mixes everything up, and it really ruins the samples. Where if you shoot it in the lungs and heart, it makes it a lot easier to get some of the samples that the vet needs. Now, I don't know what these samples are or what they do. I just know to follow directions, else you get mad. Oftentimes, we are given a manual of some kind to, to walk us through uh, what we're looking for. Oftentimes, I, I didn't necessarily know what I was looking for, and so there was manuals. Uh, she had created a bunch of pictures, and she could walk us through those different things to tell us what we're looking for. So there are different types of necropsies based upon whether they are carnivores and whether they are ungulates. If we were to do a mountain lion or uh, a bear or something like that, then there would be different ways that we would go about doing certain things. And there's also different um, processes, whether they were male or female, because they have different parts and sometimes the vets uh, we're looking for different things. The difference basically in for carnivores and ungulates is uh, for ungulates, we'd often have to open all of their stomachs. They have four stomachs. And so that was the one real main difference. When I would come into a situation where I need to perform a necropsy, I had a bag that had all these uh, different vials that I would have to pull from. And so we would start, uh, this is kind of the way I generally did it. I would open everything up from the anus all the way up to the throat because you're pulling samples all the way. So oftentimes we'd pull a tooth sample, then we would pull uh, one of the glands um, in the throat, the sal uh, salivary gland, 
uh, and thyroid. Then you would go into the lungs, take a sample of the lungs as well as the heart. Then you would take another sample of the liver. And then you would move into the kidneys. And then if it was uh, a female, you're taking uh, a sample of the uterus. You're also collecting feces samples and, if possible, blood samples. And then we would take a sample of the stomach as well. For ungulates, obviously, you would take a, a tissue sample from all of the stomachs. And then uh, every once in a while, if there was, um, I guess I would call it matter, uh, if there was things within the stomach that were being digested sometimes, we'd have to take a picture of those. And then if the ungulate was pregnant, uh, like a, a doe was pregnant, we would have to go in and take samples of the, the dead fetus as well, or the, the dead fawn. And so we would just be given a list of the things that they were most likely interested in. And then uh, I never had to do this, but sometimes they would take samples of the brain. And I never had to do it, but oftentimes the vet or the facility, uh, federal facility that did uh, these type of, th type of necropsies within their lab, they would pull brain samples as well and that is uh one of the one of the things that they're it's like one of the the best ways to find out if there's some neurological issue whether they're turning around in circles or foaming at the mouth twitching a lot of the times the brain samples would hold stuff as well as the spinal cord fluid and so it was really interesting all the different things that we would have to go in and pull. But again, this is important because it helps you let you know if, if you're unsure of why this animal died. Let's say you come across an elk that's just, it's uh, middle of the fall and you come across it and it's on a hillside. There's been no uh, animal attack on it. You can't see any legs being ripped off or the throat being ripped off. It's just laying there curled up and everything all things look healthy that then you're going to be like wait wait a minute what caused this and then if you have an outbreak of disease in that area then you're going to be even more concerned and so necropsies are super important we're always pulling we may not do a full necropsy but we're always pulling samples from one thing or another whether we're pulling uh, some of the glands out of the throat for a CWD sample or we're checking uh, feces to see if there was any bacteria. Uh, we're also noticing the condition of the body. Is there a bunch of lice and a bunch of ticks? So we're constantly doing these things to help understand because animals can't tell us what's going on. So we have to be almost like detectives trying to figure out why they died. So that is how necropsies work. That's the purpose of necropsies. Uh, they can perform them on carnivores. They perform them on ungulates. Uh, they also do them on wildlife. Uh, I know situations where multiple hawks uh, and eagles were shot uh, by 22. They couldn't determine the cause of death. They just came across quite a few hawks and eagles laying in a field. So they took them in to a lab and they ran necropsies and found lead that ultimately was a 22. I know I don't. I don't know if they solved the case, but I just know that you can perform them on pretty much any wildlife, anything. So, all right, you guys, uh, thanks.
for sticking with us. Uh, if you have any more questions about the different things that biologists do, let me know. Follow us on Instagram, Manage the Wild, and continue to listen to the podcast. Thanks. Have a great day.